Listen up. Just because you get paid for pictures does not make you a model. A model is a system or thing used as an example to follow. A model is someone or something one aspires to become. It's an example. Modeling success is here to assist talent in learning pride and true tactics for success in the industry. Welcome back to Modeling Success. I am your host, Ryan Donatelli. And today with us, we have the one and the only Sergeant Bosco Bay. Hello, Bosco. Hi, Ryan. How are you doing today? Amazing. Thanks for joining us. I am so happy to be here. I am too, to be honest. Um, so let's start with your background. You have a very unique, diverse background, and we'll talk about how you got into the industry after that. Okay. Yeah, I've definitely uh, been fortunate enough to do a lot in my life. Um, I have a military background. I did 10 and a half years in the United States Air Force, uh, performing with the Air Force demonstration team, the Thunderbirds. Uh, for those of you who do not know who the Thunderbirds are, they are the Air Force version of the Blue Angels, you know, but we are way better. It's a big deal. Correct. It's a very big deal. So I uh, spent 10 years in the Air Force. I was an aeronautical uh, engineer, aerospace engineer, basically uh, working on tactical aircraft and doing things of that nature. Um, did 10 and a half years of that. And then once I was done with that career, I kind of was looking for something that I could get into that would be, you know, an easy transition from getting out of the military. And that kind of brought me into the TV and film industry where I've spent a little bit of time. I've worked on quite a lot of productions from, you know, big name productions like uh, some Marvel productions like Black Panther, uh, Jumanji. I've been on the set of The Walking Dead, done some commercial work. And, you know, it all kind of transitioned into, you know, some spokesmodel modeling stuff and brand ambassador stuff, which kind of brings us to the topic of, you know, brand ambassadors and how I got into it. But I've been doing it for a couple of years now. I've worked with a lot of different companies and I've definitely worked in a lot of different industries. Um, just being an ambassador or spokesmodel or model, you know, for me, it kind of all incorporates some of the same things. So it's easy to transition between those when you know what the core values are of the actual, all the industries, I think it all boils down and funnels into a few just basic dynamics. Oh, right? for sure. So what about in film? What were you doing in film? Were you doing stunts? Were you acting? Um, I do a little experience? bit of stunt work. Um, I'm Korean American, you know, there's that whole uh, stereotype of, you know, you're Asian, you know, you must know Kung Fu and martial arts. And, you know, for the most part, it, it comes to be true. You know, a lot of the main. It makes you part ninja. Yeah, major major martial arts you know each uh nationality has our like koreans taekwondo is korean like tempo and like uh karate or japanese you know chinese has kung fu so it kind of is in our blood um my father was like a third degree black belt so it kind of just naturally does run in my blood so it was an easy transition to kind of do some stunt work but i also do some principal work i'm i love improv i love you know being able to like act in different characters and kind of, you know, it's being social, but being also kind of a chameleon, you know, I have friends in a lot of different levels of society, I guess you could say. So, you know, sometimes I'm at the club with, with, with my homies, you know, having a good time. And, you know, other times I'm in a business meeting. That's one of those like closed doors, you know, got to know people to get there. So I like to be able to be very versatile in a, in every way. And, you know, acting kind of helps me to grow as a person and to really, you know, 
And a challenge yourself. My, yeah, challenge myself as much as Big possible. Big time, yeah, especially when you have to jump into the role of another person. Exactly. And what about your brand ambassador experience? How many years have you been in the brand ambassador world? Um, so I've been doing brand ambassador work for, for a long time, even when I was, you know, in college, you know, I was trying to do um, anything for side money. So, you know, I've at an earlier point in my life, I had started in the industry, but I didn't really get back into the industry until I got out of the military. So at this point, I would say about a good three, two to three years of solid work, which I think, you know, for me, you work any industry or job for, you know, two plus three years, you, sh- you should be a pro, to be honest, you know. And I feel like in my short time, I've definitely, you know, I've worked more more events than I could think of, probably, you know, every sporting event that comes through Las Vegas, every convention, I've, I've worked it. Um, Every special event, I've probably worked it at some point. So I've definitely got a little bit of insight and experience. If you had to call out the top three things that have changed post-COVID versus pre-COVID in this world, and we can stick to specifically booking if you want or a certain topic, but what would be the three changes that you've seen that are drastically different post-COVID? Um, drastically different. I think it's just the road we've come down on the non-contact, being able to do everything virtually. Um, people have gotten so used to, you know, not meeting people and not doing the face-to-face, which I think was, you know, important. You know, when you hire somebody, I feel like there should be an interview process. Like even, you know, if it's just like meet once, come here, you know, meet, meet somebody in the company before you get hired. I mean, how often do you really go to a to a, you know, like a job opening or interview that's, you know, you don't, or you interview people that you don't actually interview them, but you hire them based on their resume. Like how often does an employer just look at a resume, not meet the person right. and then hire and be like, oh, this, they must, you know, so that's one thing. Um, a couple other, I would think just so since COVID and they hire the hiring of people without actually you know, meeting them face to face, it's become the norm. So I feel like a lot of people have gotten into the industry already through those means. And then, you know, sometimes once somebody's in a position, they, they kind of stick in that position, even though they might not be the right fit. I'm not, you know, I don't hate on anybody in any way, but I feel like if someone is in a position where they're supposed to be doing certain things at that level of their job and they're not committing those, you know, tasks or not even able to lead, but they're in a leadership position, but they know somebody and they're with them during COVID. So they got to keep them on, you know, it's little things like that. I don't want to say the good old boy club. I don't know if, you know, everybody's familiar with that means, but you know, when there's a group of people that, you know, kind of get to where you're protected by, who yeah, you protected know. by, even though you're not, you maybe not, you know, qualified is enough to be in that position. Um, so how many agencies those- do you think you have worked for in the last five years? Just uh, brands, agencies, guesstimate. 30 plus 40. 30, okay. 40, yeah, 30 and 40. how many personal interviews did you have? Very few. I'm not going to say a number because it, it makes it sound bad, but very few. But I'm not going to lie. I'm a personable person. So, um, Resumes do speak volumes, but, you know, once if you see someone's resume and you're able to have that face to face, which I have had, then it's just it's kind of for me, it always seals the deal for me personally. Well, your resume is very solid and it's a legit resume. Do you know how many resumes I see where it'll have the, you know, the open parentheses and say your name here. Mm -hmm. So you can tell someone took that resume from another source. 
And I wonder how many resumes are even theirs at this point. Yeah. So it's, it, to me, I, I see a different side of things, which is great. That's why we're here today. But um, so with the staffing criteria, how do you currently find your work? So I currently find a lot of work um, through word of mouth, but also through different uh, avenues. Like Facebook has a group, a brand ambassador group that I'm a part of. And I see a, a lot of stuff uh, come through there. I love that that's Quite. still a solid space. It is very because solid. Because Craigslist is not solid uh, any longer. No. That is a scary situation. And then there's some others that aren't as trusted, but. Definitely not. Um, so there's a couple of apps I, I do use. I, I use Trusted Herd, which is a way for me to kind of gauge what's out there. I really don't book a lot on it because it's one of those third party where they it's, they make introductions, but it's not always, you know, going directly to who it's supposed to. You know, mm-hmm. things things get lost. I like working directly with the company, directly with, you know, the agency I'm, I'm applying to uh, to work with, you know, instead of having a medium who's introducing, you know what I'm saying, to, to another staff income, you know, it's. I like it to be streamlined. So if I'm working for a company, I like to work for the exact company, not have to have somebody, you know, usually. You appreciate organization. Yeah. Organization, systems. exactly. Yes. I feel like too many moving parts sometimes can get things, you know, kind of awry. Especially when it's all via email. Exactly. It's- In communication, nowadays people, like, there should be more communication because that's all we, it's the only way we've been communicating is through text, emails, like, I feel like people should be more in tune with how to, you know, portray what they're trying to say or communicate better. But I feel like it's even gotten kind of worse, you know? There should be at least some sort of system or flow of all of the details that are needed because it's the same details needed for every book. Exactly. At the end of the day, you need branded education. Mm -hmm. You need parking details. You need uniform details. like point of contact, you know, meeting location. Mm -hmm. There's certain elements that are the same regardless of industry, Mm -hmm. regardless of booking. It could be casting, it could be promotional work, it could be print, you know, it could be anything. And all of those details are there. And I, I don't see that being consistent in a lot of bookings that I see online. I definitely agree with you that with that. Um, I definitely don't think there's enough details provided. But, you know, on the other side of things, I know sometimes they don't have all the details. I've had situations where, where they book people because they needed them, but they don't even have the details to be able to give the people they booked. Like all they know is they need 10 people to do this. They don't know exactly what they need them for, but it's like a last minute. So they're very vague. Like, you know, sometimes they don't even know if it's going to be indoor, outdoor. I've had situations where people show up to a job and they, someone should have told them it's going to be outside, you know, especially the especially weather here in, in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> whether it's hot or cold, but, uh, you know, little things like that, that should be just the standard, like what you're going to do, like where, you know, if you're going to be outside standing for 10 hours, come on, you should know that information. Right. You know, sometimes. How do they not know? How do they not? Yeah, you know, it's, that's what I don't understand. But it's like, what are you going to do? It's a job. You're not going to, you don't want to be the guy who complains. And right. then you're, you get, it's easy to get blackballed in this industry. But if we're talking about it, honestly, how do they not know? And how are you in a, let's call this person Sam. Okay. How is Sam sending out an email requesting all of 10 people to jump last minute. I need this. How do they even know what they like in that position that you're in as Sam, how do you even have, like, I would be so embarrassed to send an email, not knowing what I'm asking for, but asking. See, that's exactly the point though. But now it's almost, I don't want to say it's become the norm, but it's, it's definitely, you know, 
kind of, you know, what has come to at this point where people, it just ends up like that and it's unfortunate and something needs to be done about it, honestly. Okay. For sure. And are you, are you down with that? Like, are you still listening to the booking or are you at that point? Like, oh, get out of here with this. I, this, I can smell I mean, this. I can be way. very selective. So it's different. Honestly, the way I book most of my jobs is, is word of mouth. As in like, I do a good job when I work, you know, I, I give it what I got. You know, I'm, I'm very professional to the degree where people remember me. And they contact me when they need somebody for a job. Referrals. You know, referrals usually. Right. But hand-selected so, referrals. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. for me, I feel like if, you know, it's kind of, it's really simple. I do my job. I, I do it as well as I can. And it for me, that opens doors for me, you know, mm-hmm. just like the reason I'm sitting here with you today. So it's kind of how you said it all boils down to like a lot of the similar traits, you know, whatever industry you're in, you know, if you're a hard worker, you're able to you know, communicate like some of the simple things, then, you know, you really will shine in this industry or any other industry. Well, just think about our history. I met you in your interview. We had some one-on-one time. Mm -hmm. It wasn't extensive Mm -hmm. by any means, but it was extensive enough for us to get to know each other. And then when the recent casting call came up, you were instantly the first person I thought of instantly for many reasons, professionalism, background, like all the things, but I met you. And that resonated with me. And now I'm searching for work, you know, based off of my team's skill sets. So there's vetting your talent is one thing. And that is in itself should be the, the protocol. But there's also the other side of it, which is now I remember you. And now I can seek out work for you as a talent agent, right? Exactly. And so it, it's more beneficial to me to meet you than it is for you sometimes to meet me. Right. Right. But it goes both ways. So, right. But this should be kind of the norm, like the way, you know, we, we started off with just referral and then, you know, resume. And then we did a, you know, a teleconference and now, you know, we've, now we've met in person. So this is like this path mm-hmm. for me is like, yeah, this is a professional organization. They, they know what's going on. Like I, a hundred percent. That's why I'm on board with you. That's yeah. why I'm with TBE. See, Come on now. You feel comfortable though. You know, 100%. you're going to get paid, you know, there's going to be different resources. Like there's, also, I think um, a sense of comfort in knowing it's a legit, tangible thing because mm-hmm. a lot of bookings online. How often are you seeing problems with pay? Quite a bit. So there's across the board, you know, every company pays differently. You know, I know some companies that pay through one of those like prepaid cards and that's the only way they'll send you money. I know some companies. Yeah, I've heard, I've experienced it. And then I've heard, I've heard stories through, you know, obviously I have a lot of friends throughout the industry. So we all gripe and share stories. So you're able to kind of compare the industry and what's going on and, you know, what everybody's going through. But there's, there's a lot of similarities across the board. Um, Definitely in pay, you know, and the amount offered, you know, job rates and different things like that. You know, it's a whole big topic for sure. Okay. So we'll, let, we'll talk about pay in a second. When we are booking talent and we're booking gigs and we're booking, I don't like the word gigs because that seems like it's, you're never going to see them again. Yeah. I like, but we work on programs. So programs. we work okay. on annual commitments, like but we have annual, activations, productions. Well, we have annual commitments with our clients. Yeah. So we are Cardi B's agency of record for whip shots for 2023. So mm-hmm. all of the activations in the nation will be us. Right. So we work on those commitments with brand, but obviously that's not the case, especially here in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Vegas might be at this point, the front runner, I think for brand ambassador world, um, California, I think is right behind us and then Arizona, but there aren't many spaces. This can be a full-time career. 
And we have the ability to make this a full-time career, staffing yourself, working consistently, making great money. And here it's more of a career than it would be in maybe Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Right. Which is interesting for sure, because, you know, it is kind of seasonal work, especially here in Vegas for a lot of people, you know, that's why they have, you kind of have to work with so many companies, right? like, and try to build those different relationships and then juggle working with different companies. Cause you know, sometimes the same companies are booking for the same events, like whether it's CES or, you know, AWS, these big main things going on, there's all the staffing companies. So it's like, if you to work, it's, it's a hard balance. But if you can work with just one company and be full time, that would what that wouldn't that be just ideal? I, I if you liked him, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> if it was matching, but you know, right? You got to call Michael Sertan. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, so what is attractive to you when you are evaluating bookings? What is a red flag and what is a solid green flag? Uh, some red flags would be lack of details. Obviously, like I need you know, brand ambassadors for this company, but, you know, I don't know when and what time yet, but I need to hire people. Just be flexible. Keep your schedule open. Like, come on now. I mean, <laughs> I feel bad for people that don't know how to say no. Cause you know, some companies will ask you to like, keep these dates open cause they want to book you, but they don't have the details. And then, you know, you might wait it out and then the details are totally not something that fits you or that you really want to do or interested in even doing, but it's, one of those things that's like in the industry, it's, it's, it's hard because you have to work with so many different companies. And then, you know, there's all the different, every company has their own way of doing things. So you have to be really, I guess, able to be uh, adjust, you know, on the fly, which and some read. people can't do that. You have so. to be able to read. And read. Yeah, definitely read. A lot read. of people don't do that either. Yes. I'm not going to lie. I'm guilty of that. Sometimes I'll just briefly read over something. And if you miss one sentence of something that could totally... Yeah, set set your from a booking uh, program in a different agent direction. standpoint. A lot of the items I think people miss is that when we ask for, we're just seeing your work ethic. We're evaluating the attention to detail, mm-hmm. and when people skip over or don't read or respond, mm-hmm. you can tell about that, mm-hmm. right? And that's the purpose of our extensive onboard process: is to wean out the lazy. Right. Because if you're lazy from the get go, that just shows us that on site it's going to be even worse. Mm-hmm. If this is what it takes to get the job, keeping it, you're going to put in less effort, right? Right. 100%. So, okay. So red flag would be um, disorganization. Disorganization, lack of information. And another red flag would sometimes be pay. So a lot of these companies they work with. So, you know, across the board, there kind of is like, you know, right now. Industry standard. Industry kind of standard. So if you work in the industry enough and you see, because you can see the postings, you can see how much people are paying. So you can see when so, a certain company is not paying as much. And, you know, it's for me, that's a red flag because, you know, why are you the only company that's paying your brand ambassadors, you know, way less than literally everybody else, you know, at that convention or, you know, program activation, however you would like to describe it. Um, green flags for me is just for me, reputation. You know, if it's a company that I've worked with, even if it's just once and I had a good experience, then I'm 100 percent willing to work with them again. I guess that goes kind of both ways, though. You know, sometimes uh, companies, when they hire staff and they have a bad experience, you know, it's it's almost like that's the initial like you got to do a good job your first time working with the company because that's sets the tone for your you know future work and uh, future you know, selectiveness of if you're going to be uh, selected to work on a program or not. Uh, another red flag, I guess, would be 
probably when it's I think yeah I can't really think of another red flag at this moment. No, we're I'm sure, I'm green sure, ones. I'm sure one will. One. Green green flags pay. Pay. So what, let's talk about the industry standard of pay. Mm-hmm. Non-alcoholic guerrilla marketing. Okay. Give me the highs and lows. Uh, I've seen. I think twenty is like the standard to like. For me, I've seen up to like thirty-five, depending on. But I don't think I've seen anything under twenty. I mean, I would laugh at anything under twenty these days. But I think just up, up until recent times, the, the standard came to about twenty. But before, I did see some stuff for like fifteen, 18. sixteen, seven to eighteen, and like that stuff. Yeah, with inflation and the way things are these days, it just doesn't even pay the bills. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Alcohol. That's where you see the next jaunt, right? It's typically alcohol mm-hmm. or would it be trade show? I would say I think trade show and alcohol kind of are pretty similar to me, which are more in like the 25 all the way up to 50, you know, 65 I've seen, you know, as high as. But uh, I would say that's about the range that I see. It's like the norm. And do you see it higher for shorter term events, meaning just one day, two hours versus five days, eight hours? Definitely higher for the shorter events. But I think that it kind of has to be that way. You know, if you're only going to be working a couple hours, you want to be able to make, you know, the maximum amount of money in that amount of time. Because I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I'll turn down higher paying jobs that are shorter for a little bit longer job that pays a bit less, but it's just a, you more know, consistent. more consistent, right. or a bigger game. I like to work on, which I do like programs because you're constantly working in the same environment, same people. So you get into that flow. But for me, like a, doing a job for one day, I mean, I don't mind doing it, but I'd rather do like a two, three day job where you're networking, meeting people, able to really showcase your talents, and, you know, kind of take the lead, you know, sometimes. And as a personal trainer, and doing fitness modeling, doing anything where you are in less clothing and required to be in top shape, does that change the pay? That changes pay. That's usually more of a day rate thing. So things like that when I book, obviously, like anything, TV, film, commercial. Um, I do a medical conference in town once a year. I do the WPPI photography conference that also comes in town. So when I do gigs like that, definitely not hourly. I mean, I'm going straight day rate and I'm, if it's not at least, you know, 250 plus, you know, I probably won't entertain it, but you know, I can get into a, a pretty good pay range for that, but I'd, I'd go day rate on something like that. Okay. And when it comes to applying for positions and knowing if you're booked, what does that look like these days? What is the communication there? Wow. So there's some companies that are very good with communication, um, companies that I have a relationship with. When they ask me to work, I mean, I'll tell them I'm available. They'll send me a confirmation booking, like, you know, as all the details, you know, everything as, you know, as they almost like as they book, because they already have that information because they're on top of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's other companies that you know, I never even hear back from. And then the last day they're like, okay, so do you want to work? And I'm like, you gave me no confirmation, no reply, <laughs> but now you want to see if I'm available. So there's and, and the, days gone by yeah, at this point. There's, there's the different standard of, of, you know, where we are at different companies, but that would be like the uh, extent of like high and low. Okay. And from that point you get confirmed and now you are, Working in five days, what happens in those next five days with the 
agent anything? Um, for the most part, it depends if they gave me all the information. So I, at this point, I, I do a lot of lead, uh, team lead positions too. So when you're doing a team lead position, you obviously need way more information than your staff, your, your other brand ambassadors that you're leading and stuff. So for me, I, I mean, I, I need a roster. I need to know who's on the activation. I need, you know, make sure they have good contacts, make sure, you know, they, they're communicated with. There's some kind of usually a group chat type thing, like so we're all on the same page because, you know, sometimes things get lost in translation. And when you're running a team and you don't, you know, relay everything from, you know, top to bottom, you know, things might go awry type stuff. So in a good uh, situation, that would be how it would, would be. You know, I get all the details. I get booked. I'd already know. Then I get a roster and then I just wait the day of and, you know, show up and do my job and everything works out. Um, on the other side of it, you know, I've definitely seen jobs where I've showed up and it was totally not the job that I was, you know, booked for, which I don't mind. You know, I'm a hard worker. I'm able to adapt. Uh, you know, it's not, not a lot of things I can't do. I'm not like trying to brag or anything, but you know, there's a lot of shoes I can step in to, to fill. So usually I can manage and, you know, overcome things, but you know, a lot of people, who don't have as much experience, they'd be lost. You know, I've been thrown in situations like here's 50 people. I need you to put, you know, in within 30 minutes, give me a rundown, set up 50 people like throughout a casino, let's say. So, you know, some people, they would freeze under pressure and, you know, maybe oh, yeah. not be able Implode. to do that. But I, for me, I, I actually work better in a stressful environment where that's being prior military. Like I You're trained like, for yeah, that. Put, put me in the muck or the, I don't fucking say shit, but you can. And I can, yeah, I can definitely no rise to a, culture here. Yeah, rise to a, the occasion. Uh, I gotta work better under pressure. So sometimes, I'm not gonna lie, I take jobs knowing that it's gonna be kind of a shit show. But that's just me personally. Not something I recommend to everybody. But that's also a way for me to kind of get a feel for a company. That's like, a good industry expectation, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Like, because you can't prepare for the worst. Prepare and hope for the for worst the best. for sure. Because <laughs> just like. You know, an employer can't always judge talent. Talent can't always judge an employer just by, you know, what he hears. Or, you know, for me, I, I work with any co new company just to try it out, see, you know, what it's like and be able to learn the different aspects and what how everybody does something differently. Okay, so you have to be honest. How many times are you trained on the brand prior to showing up? Uh, depends on the extensivity of the program. Like, you know, obviously an alcohol program, they're pretty good about you knowing your brand, but you know, they're, I think that industry, part of the industry is a little bit more well communicated. The standards are better and, you know, it's across the board. There's just, you know, people who do more of like the liquor pro programs. It's just, it's a different, more in tune, I would say. Mm -hmm. program Are you compared being provided to videos tests just pamphlets to read um usually just some kind of a program detail sometimes email um sometimes videos and stuff They're, i've never taken a quiz before like i have with your company which i i didn't mind i thought was cool <laughs> um, so that was not unexpected but you know it was different and i was willing to do it i mean anybody who's going to work on a program and represent a brand who's not willing to learn about the brand and be able to put in, you know, it doesn't take that much time to, you know, learn about a, even a spirit brand. Like, let's be real. I don't care how in-depth the spirit is. Like, it's still some basic stuff. Like, if you can't take the time to just know, like, the nubs, the flavors, where it was, you know, bottled or, you know, just 
simple information, then you should not even be, you know, an industry kind of thing. Well, I, I look at it like, why are you not taking pride in your job? And yeah, pride. That's the other and thing. You, know? you are representing yourself and you are going to go speak to consumers and you're not educated whether they've provided it for you or not. Your own personal, right. like, like I wouldn't want to look stupid. Right. Yeah. Like someone asked me something and I don't know. I don't want to look stupid. Like yeah, for sure. If anything, I overprepared because yeah, for and me, you I have pride. Who you're talking to. Exactly. Right. So you could be talking to the VP of the company. You would have no idea. And they ask you, what kind of barrels is this put in? And you, I have no yeah. idea. Especially when it's like one of those things that sets the spirit apart. Like the, right. the special thing about this spirit is yeah. this and this. And that's the one thing people forget. Yeah. Like, these goodness. are tequila barrels. Yeah, this special this. barrel. You're like, you know, things like that. Because they're doing a lot of crossover now too. They're doing, you know, wine barrels and they're making bourbons in the wine barrels. Mm-hmm. And that's how they're getting their full flavor, yeah. which is pretty cool. And that is what sets them apart. You're exactly right. So mm-hmm. knowing that if you're only going to know three points. Those would be, you know, no, that'd no, be one 100%. of the ones exactly. to learn. So I think from that standpoint, like I think what makes a great brand ambassador is someone who educates themselves, takes pride in their work and shows up with questions. Right. And speaking of brand, great brand ambassadors show up with questions. Hey, I was reading this. Could you clarify, you know, does Cardi B, did she start this brand or does she own this brand or how did that collaboration happen? And brand loves that when they did their own research. So what do you think makes a good brand ambassador? What makes a good brand ambassador? Um, it's just so many levels of it. But being, I mean, you, you kind of covered the topic, but just being proud, like pride. If you, that's just kind of a baseline of just have pride in your work, pride in yourself, which whether that's how you take care of yourself, present yourself, how you speak to people, how you act around people, you know, it's all kind of revolved around just pride in yourself and your work. And you know, you're a brand ambassador. It's, it's within the title, like an ambassador, you're representing a company, you know, they're, they're hiring you to, to be a part of their team, you know, whether it's just a one day thing or not, you know, it's, it's just something you should kind of have pride and value and find value in. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a lot of ways. And be Con- honest in your work. Yeah, oh, I honesty, think too. Yeah. Honesty, honesty in your recaps, one. honesty in your resume, honesty in your photos. These filters are out of control. I can only imagine. So I'm a guy and guys, I don't, do guys send you pictures with filters and stuff? I, I have to say, if I could have I'm, the largest male national agency, I I will uh, strive for that all day long because right? the men are so clean in their work. Right. Because I mean, I've never sent any employer a filtered picture. Even like, I don't. If anything, what men do is they send photos that with way little clothing. Like they're definitely, I get photos where I don't need to see the V. Interesting. In your lower abdomen. And for what type, just as an overall, like initial photo, like, this is who <laughs> I am. Like hire me. Like, Okay. Like, what did I submit? Or, yeah, what do they what do they think they were submitting for? So that would be. She said shirtless. Here shirtless. it is. Like, works. Not the most recent one in your camera roll. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. It's coming from their Tinder profile. It's excellent. But um, so, what else would you recommend for brand ambassadors if you're going to do just a few things to make yourself stand apart? Uh, like you said, ask questions. That does show that initiative of like being above and beyond. So this is the biggest thing, like anyone can show up and do their job and meet the minimal standards of what someone asks. 
you do a couple of things above and beyond, like ask questions, learn a little bit more about the brand on your own time and maybe find out something they didn't even brief you on. Mm -hmm. Like hit them with something like that where they're they're totally shocked. Like, whoa, you know, start speaking on the, you know, brand like with more detail than they almost know sometimes, you know, you can really do little things like that. And that wouldn't take that much longer to do a little more research, you know, on your own time. And just, like I said, show pride, but it's just about, you know, the finding the value in it, like asking questions, being showing that you're willing to, you know, go above and beyond. You're actually interested. Just anything you can do to, I feel like, shine above everybody else. If that's the direction you want to go, you know, for me, I'm always trying to strive to be a better person, to do better, to, to do a better job, you know, whether whatever, you know, program activation. In whatever gig, capacity. Yeah, whatever in whatever capacity, right. whether it's even just the interview. So it's kind of having that pride and communication and just putting in the extra effort, I think, is goes a long way. And theatrics. Yeah. Anymore, and speaking with brand, what we are hearing is people want you to exude the role. They want you to exude the brand culture. If you're Captain Morgan, you better be having the R. You know, R, like okay. you have to. They want to create an experience for people. Mm-hmm. The days of standing in front of a step and repeat with labels out and posing for photos is over. They want to create an environment where people are just automatically encouraged to post their own photos. Right. Influencer marketing is out the window with the stage photos of protein powder and your ab just flexed. You know, no, no. they want you actually running down the beach showing how much better you feel because you had your protein powder. Well, all those like social media campaigns, well, they went from like still photos to now, you know, everything's more like video streaming reels. Mm -hmm. I mean, even, even like a 10 second. So, I mean, to really reach that audience, you know, that social marketing audience, you, you need to, yeah, it makes sense. If you think about it, you know, what are the most top hit, you know, videos in the world? It's just something simple, you know, it's yeah. 100%. I understand why, why the client would want that. Yeah, they just they want to create an environment that people are encouraged to brag about it. Right. And 100%. the line outside, the FOMO, oh, that's their second target. Yeah, they want people course. having FOMO, talking about how they couldn't get into the party or into the activation. Exactly. The exclusivity. So if you could, if you could enforce and be part of one change in the industry, what would you love to see happen that you would support all day long? Um, just like a certification. I think you've kind of touched on it before and met, brought it out. But, to, you know, any, there's a lot of jobs, obviously, like bartenders need certification. They need certain cards. They need mm-hmm. this and this, or, you know, you need your tip card, you know, these training slash certification, something that you can say that you went through that you, you know, a company that doesn't want to provide the training or doesn't have the resources or know how to be able to put together a program where they can, you know, initially vent and train uh, hires on, I think is, is a big misstep. And if we had that, I think that would solve a lot of these problems. You know, we would have like a standard that we can grow up from and, you know, how are they learning now? I'm most of the time OJT on the job. I, I see yeah, it all the time. Just people, it, fake it till you make I it. see people that get hired for the first time. They've never done a brand ambassador job ever. And they show up just, I mean, luckily, you know, I, I'm pretty good with leading. So I'm able to direct people and I can tell who's, you know, willing to work, who's not. I find that out pretty quickly. But, you know, sometimes you never know who you're working with and 
that's, you know, unfortunate because you don't know if they're qualified. You don't know if they're obviously not certified, but if they really can fit the role, you know. And so how much was, extra work is that going to yeah. be on you? Because oh, no, you and have it a is teammate. extra work. Exactly. That yeah. always weighs heavy on the other people. It shows, too, team. I think. 100%. And again, taking pride in your work, you're now that person on set that or on site that is drastically different in performance than exactly. the others. So that's embarrassing, I think, too. Yeah, no, it, that can definitely be. If I was standing next to you as a new BA, I would feel a little inadequate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's next for you? What is, what is coming up? What are you working on? Um, I, I don't have anything really big in the picture right now. I'm always just uh, pursuing my education. So I'm in sports medicine. So I'm always trying to get another certification here and there just so I can better myself and eventually, you know, start a training program maybe and, and help others to better themselves, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, I feel like those things are all aligned anyways. So for me right now, um, no big things on the horizon, except just trying to better myself every day. And, uh, and are you key, practicing always. any of this on Instagram or anywhere that you are becoming influential in that space? Honestly, so I'm not, I like my privacy. So for me, I'm, I'm very picky about what I post and, you know, I, I like to share my experiences. You know, I, I, I do a lot of stuff where, you know, it's, I, I want to share everything, but sometimes nowadays it's just, for me, it's, it's, I don't feel the need to share everything. If I right. shared everything I was doing all the time, people would be like, how does he in this many places doing this things? Like it just, it's just too much. It's a lot. And then for me to truly be able to like post it the way I want to. You know, for me, I take time into what I, I don't just make a post about something random and say, you know, just, just for clout. Like I want to like post things that, You're you know, have quality value. That, yeah. Quantity. Quality, you know, mm -hmm. and you know, the people that I'm posting things for, it's not really for the mass public. It's for, you know, people who are aligned with my, uh, kind of my, my thought process They're just, you know, in the same place in life. So for me, I'm a little more, I'm a little bit older now. So I'm taking a little bit of a step back into more of a behind the scenes role. I do a lot of production work too, stuff. So I love behind the scenes and, you know, kind of making things happen. But I don't feel like for me, the limelight at this point is something I'm chasing. But uh, I've got a I've got a good a good circle, a yeah. good crew. So it kind of chases you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, for sure. Nice. It definitely does. So I work with a lot of talented people to where I don't, you know, it just naturally kind of happens for me. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is, is what I like. Manifesting in law. Manifestation. Direction. Yes. Sure. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Bosco. Where can they find you on social media? Um, at Bosco Bay. That is B-O-S-K-O-B-A-E. Instagram. And Instagram is the best way to uh, contact me or reach me or find me. All currently. right. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Ryan. It was a pleasure and I had a great time. Yeah. Thanks so much. Of course. Thank you for joining us at the table of modeling success. I am your host, Ryan Donatelli, and you can find me on all social channels, mainly Instagram, LinkedIn, and ryandonatelli.com. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe and meet us here every week where we will be discussing the actual happenings that no one wants to openly talk about talent in the entertainment industry. 